From the Financial Times in London, I'm Shona Jenkins and this is FT News. Iraqi armed forces have announced the beginning of their campaign to retake Mosul from ISIS. With me in the studio to discuss this is the FT's Middle East correspondent, Erica Solomon. Erica, after months of apparent stasis in the fight against ISIS in Syria and Iraq, there appears to be signs of progress the Iraqi forces have vowed that they're going to take Mosul, which is the second largest city in Iraq, by the end of the year. Does this sound plausible to you? Yes and no. In one sense, Iraqi forces and the coalition-backed forces in Syria have been making quite a bit of progress on the ground that maybe the outside world doesn't notice as much because they're not the big cities that draw attention like Raqqa and Mosul, which people have their ears attuned to. But actually, since around November, the coalition and the ground forces that it's partnered with, mainly Kurdish forces in Iraq and Syria, as well as the Iraqi army in other parts of Iraq, have been making pretty interesting progress. So they cut some supply lines between Syria and Iraq in November. And recently, Iraq's army has been advancing in Anbar province, which is a huge province in Iraq bordering Syria, Jordan and Saudi Arabia, and has been a huge center for ISIS. They retook Ramadi in December, which is the provincial capital of Anbar, and was, if you recall, seen as a sign of the huge setback that the coalition was facing about a year earlier when it seemed like they were making progress and then suddenly they lost another huge city. So now they've retaken that city. So in that sense, as you can see, there is progress. And it, in that sense, makes sense that, OK, now they want to go for the big fish. They want to go for Mosul. They want to go for Raqqa. On the other hand, there's a lot of questions still to be answered. And the main one is who is going to retake Mosul? There's a lot of jockeying for position in this battle. First and foremost in Iraqis' minds is the issue of the Shia militias, which are known as the Popular Mobilization Forces and which Iraq's Sunni minority does not like. They feel that they have committed sectarian abuses, ranging from looting to even killing, depending on who you're talking to. And the Shia militias say, we have a right to take part in this. This is part of our country. We're the ones who really came in and saved the country, in their opinion, when the Iraqi army crumbled in 2014 when ISIS first took Mosul. So you have that issue, which is a problem for the sectarian dynamics in Iraq. On top of that, you have a more international scheme going on. Turkey has some forces in northern Iraq that Baghdad, the central government, does not want to see involved in any way in the Mosul operation. You also have the issue of the Kurdish Peshmerga. They seem to have an unclear role in the future operations for Mosul. So there's a lot of issues here about who actually takes part in this battle. And security forces in northern Iraq, the Kurds, they feel that this is a big problem. We don't actually know yet who's going to, on the ground, fight for Mosul. Another problem is how to take Mosul. I just came back from Baghdad, actually. And one of the things that UN officials are extremely worried about is this issue of the how. So far, almost every big win for the coalition and the ground forces that they partner with has come at a huge cost. They have almost devastated cities that they enter. It takes that much to get them back. Officials that I spoke to who went to Ramadi described entire districts where every single building was damaged. One person described it as Grozny. So they're saying... Mosul has 2 million people in it. How are you going to do this without causing a bigger disaster than the one that's already existent with ISIS there? So these are big problems that that we really don't have answers to yet. This also raises the issue of those 2 million in Mosul and how they feel about the Iraqi forces coming in. Is there any information about how the mostly Sunni residents of Mosul view 
ISIS after having been occupied for so long and how sympathetic they are to Baghdad taking back that city. This is actually an interesting point that there seems to be a significant amount of disagreement about what do we know from what we see. Just to give you an example, about a month ago, the city of Fallujah saw a kind of revolt against ISIS by the tribes there. And a lot of people picked up on this and said, look, it's the signs of popular revolt that we've been waiting for against ISIS. But other Iraqis from the area were like, not so fast. This might be a dispute over resources. We don't know what the reason is. And my question actually for security people was, does that matter? I mean, do they care as long as people are fighting ISIS? But some people say yes, like it does matter because we need to know that the people who are revolting against ISIS are committed to doing it. And it's not a matter of just cutting a new deal. So in Mosul, we have a similar situation going on. I've spoken to Western officials in Iraq who believe that there are these signs of popular revolt looming for Mosul, and it sounds like there may even be a role by Western intelligence trying to stir that revolt. But, you know, you have other people who are looking just as closely at Mosul who say the exact opposite. The Carnegie Endowment just did a big report on Sunnis in Iraq, and they came to the completely opposite conclusion. They said that our sense is that the majority of Mosul if it's not in support of ISIS, is at least just tolerant of it. And the thing to remember about why is that Mosul, when ISIS took over in June 2014, a lot of people were actually relieved because they felt that the presence of a military that was largely made up of the country's Shia majority was like an occupation. That's how they felt it was. They felt that they were not treated as equal citizens. Whether or not that's true, that's how they felt. And so when ISIS came in, And this was, you have to remember, a while ago, people didn't know what kind of an organization they were dealing with. A lot of people accepted them. And in the meantime, while we've seen a lot of repressive action in other areas, most people who live under ISIS will tell you that if you're going to live in ISIS territory, the best place to be is Mosul. Everyone sees them as kind of the spoiled part of the caliphate, if you will. And so we just don't know. On the other hand, there's no part of the ISIS so-called caliphate where people are not seeing repression, beheadings, executions and all this kind of stuff. So it's it's really a, a question for debate. So from what you're saying, Erica, no matter how successful the military operation to take Mosul is, there still remain very big questions about sectarianism and the sustainability of any military victory, which brings us back in a sense to what some people say triggered the ISIS advance in the first place, which is the politics in Baghdad. That's absolutely right. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of signs right now that the conditions on the ground are any better than they were when ISIS began the splits across Iraq. Right now, Prime Minister Haider Labadi is kind of on the brink. He's dealing with a major economic crisis in the country, which will have repercussions for stability. He has three million displaced people that frankly, aren't even on the government's radar right now because they're just trying to figure out how they're going to pay their bloated public sector at a time when oil prices have plummeted. So he has a huge issue of potential instability from the economic situation in Iraq. And that is something cross-sectarian, both Sunni and Shia, the majority of the country, this is going to be a problem he faces. On top of that, he has this political issue. He hasn't managed to bridge the gap between Sunni and Shia blocs. And on top of that, He has a problem now between the Shia blocs themselves, which are also having their own divisions. And this is another dynamic that's emerging. All of this points to the potential for more instability for Iraq. And that begs the question for the people who are doing what they call, quote unquote, stabilization for the areas that are retaken from ISIS. Can stabilization really happen when the conditions are this bad right now? It looks like we're looking at a lot more instability in Iraq for the foreseeable future. Thank you very Mm -hmm. much, Erica. 
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. Thank you. 